Hey, welcome to episode 146 of the Bobbycast. And we've had Wheeler Walker Jr. in before, but actually Wheeler Walker Jr. is the character of Ben Hoffman, who is his first time. I guess we had, you and I talked about this. It was like, hey, why don't you – it was your idea, actually. Well, my thing is um, I was – we were talking about doing this, and I was like – it's always weird for me to do it with people I know. And now that I know you um, – and I'll talk about that in a second because it's interesting to me, but it's just weird for, for me to come over to your place, sit down, and talk as a – as a character, as a character, because, because I guess the first time we didn't really know each other that well. Yeah, I mean, the first one was still I knew I felt like I we'd met, and I was like, you know, you know, I know is like the fun for me is, and I'm just I'm just not as I just at the beginning it was just like let's go full in. I'm just gonna you know do the character, and now that we're on the third record, which just came out, which by the way is number one on the iTunes country charts, as I talk to you right now. So let's keep it up. Sorry, Dolly, number two. Who, she'll take me down any second now, probably by the time I get out of here. But she might actually have you killed, not just take you down on the chart. Well, yeah, she could. I mean, if she, I, I, you know what? If there's someone who could, who could, um, who I wouldn't mind seeing. If that's the last person I'm going to see, I'd fucking love it. Oh, I forgot. I'm not supposed, I'm supposed to cuss on this, right? Well, let's say this first. Uh, if I don't curse at all, but okay. if. Um, if you don't like bad words, you may want to f- turn this one off. Not that we're going to go full blue, but part of Wheeler's character is he's very blue. And that's all – I enjoy Wheeler uh, because he's so blue. So um, there will be curse words said, and if that's not your deal – we're not going to say it for the sake of saying it, but I'm just giving everybody a heads up because mostly – and people curse a little bit because there's really no rules to a yeah, podcast. Do you know – I wonder what the audience is like for for Bobbycast. the same – pretty much the same as the radio? Yeah. I mean what do you uh, – you, you're talking about like – Reach or no, 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 no. I mean, sh- you can tell me the reach. I don't care. I'm just saying, like, the type of audience members more like people who listen 65 to 35 female between the ages of 22 and 48. When I look okay. at the data, I don't know my data, but I gotta believe it's way different. Probably the opposite. I would think so too, which is why I think it's actually funny that you, and cool that you're on this show and talking has been because I think people will be uh, not only they'll see Wheeler and most of them will go, Well, that's dumb, but because you're it's very dude centric. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, it's a part of me. It's something I enjoyed, and I, I've always loved music. I wanted to get into it, and it's kind of something I kind of uh, you know created, and it felt like a good. I, I was really, I will say, I was much angrier at the time when I first started doing it, but I've since again, you know, like I said, sitting here as Ben is not a big deal for me because I'm not as pissed pissed off or angry to these older women. I'll use the word angry. As I was when older. I, How old are you? You're like you're like forty two. Exactly. I should be. They're like twenty two, forty eight. That should be. You know. That's who I should be. That, that's so right in your yeah. wheelhouse. Exactly. I'm forty three. <laughs> I'm not a kid. Um, <laughs> I can grow a full beard. Look online. Um, and yeah, I just it just it feels different to me now, and I feel like um, I don't really like hiding. Ben is not important to me. What you know? was it? And before I get to that, here's the funny thing to me is that when Wheeler first existed, because I didn't know you until I knew of Wheeler. And I think you had came you came after me online or something. Oh, I I came after you hard because my my thing was, um, I'll tell a little people about my background. I'm from Kentucky. My mom is from Nashville. I mean, I literally passed the house where my mom grew up is right down. I won't say the name of the street for the sake of your crazy fans, but um, my mom grew up right down the street from here. I went. I've been to your place before, and I I always enjoy stopping. You know, driving by. They've since put an extra story on it, but you know. My family's from here, so I, I just had decided that I was going to. I had a show on Comedy Central, and I did a kind of a, a, um, a country music, uh, ske- like the a Ben sketch, Show was the Ben show. show on Comedy Central, and I did a sketch where I because I always loved playing music. I wanted to pl- I wanted to do a song, and I sang like a countryish song that was really dirty, and it got a great reaction. I'm like, I, I should do a whole album with this, and I kind of, uh, I knew a lot of just from growing up here. I knew a lot of people, and I a lot of people at that time were. From my hometown, Kentucky, we're starting to get big, and they introduced me to Dave Cobb, the producer who did Stapleton and Isbell Sturgill. You know, all the you know, he's got a, hand, a, a a closet full of Grammys now, none of which are mine. But um, we, I talked, I sat down, and talked to Dave, and he was really into. It. I just want to go. I wanted to make cause what had happened is I had taken a break from kind of what I guess you would call commercial country for so long. Like I literally turned off the radio in. I don't know what year exactly, but it feels like I turned off the radio when it was Alan Jackson and Travis Tritt and turned it back on. It was Florida Georgia Line. I did. I honestly didn't know what was happening. 
Is that because you moved to Los Angeles and you weren't? I think it was that. I think yeah. I think it was that. I think I'd also maybe just kind of. I've I've never really been a radio guy. I always you know I'm, I'm an album collector. I love listening to what I want to listen to, and I just I never really was you know I never needed the radio to tell me what to listen to. I was always reading about it. Like I used to go to the um, University of Kentucky Library and and borrow Rolling Stone magazines like like the old read the old ones on microfiche. And see like what they liked that week. Like the film strip things. You can yeah, exactly. In, you have yeah. to put them in. I mean, which you don't need anymore because they got the internet. But I was like, oh, who's this guy, Lou Reed? I want to learn more about him. You just go buy the record. So I just never kept up with what was going on commercially. I was really blown away by the how pop it had become, and it, it kind of. And I thought that would be kind of a good. And I'm not going to lie. I don't love that stuff. And you know that. You know that. But I just thought it was kind of a good metaphor. It was. It was a good. Um, and still is. It's a good, um, like a superhero movie. It's a good villain, you know. Like I'm real country, you guys are fake country. I'm the real thing, and I, that's what where the whole fun of it came to me was. And I, I've read a million reviews how Wheeler's the real thing, and these guys suck. And I'm and I get a chuckle, you know. I'm like I'm made up, you know. So it's just you know just like it, I think what happened was I and I was honestly angry that like how was this because. Like I had family members who were, you know, I, I would see back in when I would come to Nashville, which was pretty much every few weeks as a kid, and you, you know, you'd see, you know, um, Crystal Gale walking down the street. It was just a small town with a few country stars around, and it felt like really organic, real music, and it felt like, and it felt like almost like Hollywood had taken over. In my back of my mind, I think living out in L.A. is like, well, I can always go back to country music and listen to country radio and just. Remind me of the good old days, and it just it just disappeared again. You know, no personal offense, but um, it's just kind of. Um, and you've had your issues with it too, um, but um, and I th- as you as almost the face of country radio at the time, I think I was I singled you out as an enemy, and then there, there, there was a few people who would like you know. I don't remember who it was, but a few different people were. I they were like, no, 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 he's a. This he's a um I'm trying to think of the word they use. They always use the same he li- he likes to um stir stir s up. Yeah, you can say yeah. it. You can say it. Yeah, but he he's like no no, Bobby Bobby's a um, you know. Bobby's a guy who likes to, you know, start shit and I was like um huh, maybe I got him wrong. And then we met and we well, you came, to I remember you came after me on Twitter, and I was like, well, I'd already been a fan of what the character supposedly stood for, and I knew it was a character too. So I enjoyed the hyperbole of Wheeler Walker. Loved it. And you come after me. And I remember just going, okay, this is funny. And I think I replied back like, you're right. Like, yeah, you're, everything you're saying is right. Well, about me. Yeah. About me specifically. Yeah, but you'd also I'd, – I'd heard that um, you uh, – um, what, what, what do you – No, can you shut the door? People are like cooking downstairs. Yeah, you got to <laughs> This hold- is how you know what's in the house. Well, this is how you know you want Dancing with the Star. You got a team of people cooking you food. We have a Christmas party at my house tonight. Oh, okay. So, like, my whole show's coming over tonight. Oh, cool. So, the team of people is actually a friend of mine who said, I will come and cook the Christmas party. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, I've been here. I don't remember teams of. There's no teams yeah, that just well, hang out here except for Mike. Mike's the only team. So, back, back before the blender jumped into our conversation, uh, I remember just you messaging at me and making fun of me online. Like, well, I did that all the time, and I did, and for the most, I mean, I did it, and I still do it. A lot of the people, I have no idea who they are. I just know they're, you know, I have my people. That's, you know, I assume there's plenty of people who I've made fun of online since met, and then have someone go, you know, you should actually listen to them, you know, and it's like, you know what, it's not that bad, you know. Yeah. But I, but I, but I, I usually insult first and ask questions later, which is probably got, probably gets me in trouble, but. Well, and you know that's what you did to me, but again, I understood the character of it. And what's funny and hard for me because you're actually a really nice guy when you're not Wheeler. Like Wheeler and Ben to me, they're, the juxtaposition between you two is night and day because you're actually a pretty soft-spoken human that's really funny, and Wheeler's this big, loud character. And so, it's, and you used to come after me, but I see you come after my friends too, and they don't know Ben; they only see Wheeler. And I laugh and just see how they react. Because again, how someone reacts to a character. Well, well, com- well the best way to, for what it's worth, a be- like a band who I've since, I think I want to say I've met him, I don't remember, but I went hard after Old Dominion and they just came back with a joke making, like a really funny joke. I never made fun of them since. It's just like if you go along with it and you just, and I'll never touch Old Dominion again. It's just like. You go they, after Dan and Shay. 
Dan and Shay, I go hard, on hard, hard. Because, and I love those guys, because, but I just laugh. But they're but they're just they don't take it that well, and it just brings it's just fun. It's just fun to have that. <laughs> and I not and not joking. My therapist thinks this whole thing. He's like, he thinks it's great for me. He's like, you've really improved. He's like, well, I'm getting um, a um, uh, well. Let me just give you a quick example. I had a sh- a sketch on the on the Ben show where I just scream at this group of football players. And it was the end of a long day. We'd been shooting all day. And I was screaming and yelling, like, oh, we didn't get that take. You know, we got to redo it. The lightning was off. And I lost my voice screaming so hard. And and, um, and I've always been an insomniac. And I told my therapist, you know, I didn't have to t- take Ambien, do anything that night. I just fell asleep. He's like, well, you got it all out. It was all out of your system. I slept like a baby that night. I was like, well, I, sh- I should just yell and scream at strangers every day, you know. And that's kind of what the character became, you know, um, a little bit more social media. But yeah, it was just, it was just, I, there's so much pent up and you see the soft, nice guy, but inside it's just like, it's, it's raging. See, I, I don't, cause you and I have hung out socially more than once and it's a very soft, nice guy, but also I know creatives are nuts and to be a creative, there's some nutty part of you that is just sitting in there waiting to jump out. Yeah. And that, that, that it's nice to have a release for that nutty part. You know, and I didn't know how badly I needed it. Um, but I also do love country music, and I love playing. I've really enjoyed, you know, every I've enjoyed every second of it. Um, you do love country music. That's the truth. Oh, you know, of course. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I grew up with. I don't think you can. I don't think you can um, do what I'm doing and not sincerely love the music and know it really well. The first song that you put on the Ben Show was called um, "Eating Pee and Kicking A." Yeah, and that guy, that one was so much fun because we brought in a group of. Um, you can still watch it online. Um, and we brought in a group of Hollywood extras, mostly older folk, who didn't know. There's just It was almost like a jackass-type thing, and we shot their reactions. <laughs> just like, you're, you're just audience members at a country show, you know, and they just sat there, and we just we went, and I sang that song straight. And I, I mean, a couple people left and without getting their check, just they were just so upset. And I was just like, <laughs> I'd like to do this every day, you know. I want to talk about uh, Sleep Number for one second. So as you know, I do this show from my house, and uh, the studio's upstairs, but downstairs, actually right below where I am now, is my bedroom, and I do have a sleep number bed, and right now, the new sleep number 360 smart bed, it's all about quality sleep, my sleep number setting is 30, and it has been for a long time, and you know, for me, if I sleep better, then I feel better, and if I feel better, then I work better, you just do everything better, you feel better, you think better, it's all about sleep. So let me encourage you, if you're not getting a great night's sleep, or maybe you don't even know you're not getting a great night's sleep, head over to a sleep number store and check one out and see what your sleep number setting is. Go in and see the newest sleep number 360 smart beds. You know, it's more than just a bed. It's a brighter you for the holidays from $9.99. Sleep number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. You'll only find a sleep number at one of their 575 sleep number stores nationwide. Visit sleepnumber.com slash bones to find the one nearest you. Sleepnumber.com slash bones to find the one nearest to you. All right, so you once pranked Justin Bieber fans by, t- by doing a Q&A with Justin Bieber, except you just stole a picture off of Instagram. Or off yeah, of I, told that, I told that story on Conan. I, um, um, I took a – somebody had a picture of a Bieber on, um, on a plane, and, um, and I said – this is as Ben, and I said, um, hey, I'm sitting next to Bieber, and our plane's stuck on the runway, and I'll ask him – and he says, I'll do, he, he'll answer any question. You guys, I was trying to promote the show. Go, he'll answer any question you guys want. And he's really being really cool about it because we're going to be here for like an hour. <laughs> and I got fans from Bieber fans from all over the world. They're like, you know, can we ask him when he's coming to Australia? And, and I'm right back. I just asked him. He said he hates Australia and he's never coming. <laughs> he's like, and, he, and some girl, some poor little girl. I mean, I feel bad for these kids. Now this girl goes, um, you know, can you ask him if he likes girls with glasses? I'd be like, he says he just thinks he thinks there's, they suck and you should get contacts. You know, and just like you know, just being rude and they all believed it. I don't know why. I, mean, I think it was maybe the early days of Twitter or something. That's a good one. And so that was Ben. You did the Ben Show, which I thought the Ben Show was so funny. I thought it was so funny. Thanks, only, man. Only yeah, it was one a, season, it, right? Yeah, it was only it was a tough show to do. Um, and we I talked about it with the it was right around the time of Key and Peele, where um, it was a sketch show, which is, was is a really hard thing to do nowadays with like. And even Key and Peele had this issue, which is, why would I watch a show, a sketch show on TV? I'll just wait for my friends to, to 
show me the clip. We're text me the yeah. you know the the best mm-hmm. sketches, and it's just hard to keep them involved. So um, it was always my goal to kind of have my own sketch show. So I was happy that I had it. But yeah, I didn't really. What's ironic is that if I if I'd gotten those numbers today, I'd be the biggest thing on television. But just at the time, it just didn't work well enough. So when you decided to do Wheeler Walker, and you had to fully commit to being Wheeler. Because do you have the beard all the time? I've never known you without the beard. Yeah, no, I grew it up for, I like, when I meant to make the record, I was starting to grow the, I was like. The first record. Yeah, well, I was writing for James Corden at the time. So I went, um, we had a, Chris, a Thanksgiving break, and I went back, I have Thanksgiving in Nashville every year, that's where my family is, so I was like, I told Dave Cobb, I go, I got these, and we'd record the whole record in four days, and I, um, I put the, um, um, we record the whole album that fast. Just to, like I would take breaks from Thanksgiving, run, run over there, and record, and then um, I um, during that time I was like, I'm gonna grow out the beard just to like take pictures because I'd already been asked like, you know, what if it takes off enough to tour? I'm like, well, I'm never fucking touring. So that was the thing you didn't want to tour, huh? Never. It was, it was a just a comedy music. Correct. My well, you know, my brother was in this band, uh, Scissor Sisters. were a huge band in Europe, especially. I mean, he was he's you know, selling out arenas, sold. I want to say he sold five or six million copies of his first record, at least. It was huge, and I just saw it. I knew it. We were very similar in a lot of ways, and he just couldn't. He just didn't like life on the road. I'm like, well, at my, I mean, mid late late thirties, then you know, I'm like, I don't want to leave a good paying office job at Corden. That, that that's good money to go sit in a. I knew, I never thought people would show up to gigs. I don't want to sit in a in a in a Sprinter van outside of some tiny club that's not what i want i wanted it maybe at 21 but i just didn't it's not something i wanted so i i i finished the album i think i took the album cover shaved just like that's the end then i you know and then of course they call so and so is going to pay x amount to play chicago i'm like ha uh, but while you're on the way back you can play this this place i was starting to get offers started to give you offers and route you other close by places yeah i was starting to get en- enough offers that made me think about it and this is after the first record this after the first, yeah, the first record debuted at number nine on the Billboard Country Charts. And that was called? It was called Redneck S-Word. You can say it. Redneck Shit. Yeah. And um, when they called to tell me that it was, I didn't have a manager. I didn't have anything. I had a, I left Cobb's studio with a, with a, um, the album on a hard drive. Because I, I just made the bench choice, so I just paid him in cash for the album. And I left with the album on a hard drive, and I go, you know, it's a bummer that no one's going to hear it. Because we, we were both like, this is, this is really actually a really interesting, great country record. It's like too bad it's just gonna be it's gonna be something I play for my friends when they come over. It's like I tried to, I, and then I we sent it around and um, I actually talked to a couple a couple of the big labels and I can tell that they were just they thought you know it would be an, it would end up being in the closet somewhere. So I talked to Thirty Tigers, the local distributor who does a lot of you know big stuff, and um, they're like, we think it can sell, so let's put it out and see what happens. And um, we did. I want. I'm not. I don't know what really. I I don't know what made it take off like that. I think it was just something new in country, and I think. And it was word of mouth. Yeah. Well, that was a thing too, where I I um like Dave Cobb would call me like, "How do you know so and so?" I go, "I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about." He's like, "Cause he just came up to me at dinner and said he loves the record." And this is when the record wasn't out. I was getting calls, emails from people who'd heard the record. I think it really was being handed around in Nashville a ton. So I think a lot of kind of tastemakers. Um, and you know, it's a really funny story, which I can now tell, is I was writing at Corden, and um, Dirk Bentley and uh, Luke Bryan were hosting the, was ACMs the probably? ACMs, yeah. ACMs. So they had to come in and do a bit on Corden, and they're like, Ben, you're a fucking redneck. Why don't you go deal with Luke and Dirks and help him with this song? I was like, all right. And um, we started working on, it was, the, the bit was, ended up not being, they were good, it just wasn't that funny of a bit. It was a bit about how like, there's never been a country hit out of England, so they're going to write an English country hit for James. And um, we started hanging out and like working on the sketch. And then midway through, I was like, "Oh, I know your agent, Jay." And they're like, and they both look at each other like, "You know, Jay reps comedy writers." And I was like, "No, no, I do some country." This my album been out for a few weeks, and I was like, "No, I do some comedy. I do some country music on the side. That's like a side thing." Like, oh, what's your what's the, what's the side thing? I go, it's Wheeler Walker Jr. I saw their eyes light up, and they're both like, "You're Wheeler, you're Wheeler Walker Jr." And I, I didn't know it had reached to that, you know, the guys at the top of the charts. I had no idea. 
And then I got a text from Jay, who I was telling you about, like, Luke and Dirks can't believe that they're wor- working with you. I'm like, who's, who's telling people about this album? Where's it coming from? You know, I just had no idea. So I just kind of, it just kind of word spread. And to this day, I mean, that album will probably sell. A, I mean, that's an, an independent album just from word of mouth. Obviously, no radio play, no videos, no nothing. It'll, it'll, it's getting near a couple hundred thousand albums. That's how I heard about it was Eddie, my producer, comes in and goes, do you know this Wheeler guy? And I was like, I didn't at the time. And I was like, I don't. And he goes, listen to this song. And it was something about beating off. Some song about beating off. Yeah, probably better off beating off. That's what it was. Yeah. Right? And he played it, and I was like, that's re-. And we had put out a, um, like a Raging Idiots record at the same time. Yeah, I remember going after that. And they did, – did you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was, it was ahead of me on some kind of – I was looking at the charts a bunch – because when you're a comedy writer, you're just like half your job is looking at the internet. The other, I mean, a lot of it, the internet looking is if you're a comedian, you're looking at yourself. You know, how's my stand up? Because I never have never done stand up to this day. I was never interested in it. And people, you know, everyone's Googling themselves, how their tickets are selling. So I would just be on iTunes or, you know, Googling Wheeler Walker Jr., seeing what's going on. So I was just like checking it all there the time. There was a story they did about both. I, I remember now, The Washington posted a story about comedy country. Yeah, no, you know what it was? It was New York Times. Is that what it was? It yeah, because I, I remember that. Just like someone it, called me, like like I said, back before I had a publicist, like the New York Times wants to talk to you. I was like, what the heck, heck is this about? And then we were in the same article. Yeah, and then Eddie goes, you heard this beaten off song? And I listened, then we started sitting in the studio playing your music, and the problem was when you're in the studio, if that accidentally goes over the airwaves, I've already been fined a million dollars by the FCC. I'm like, really? Yeah. When you, when you get those, and I feel like I've asked you this before, when you get those fines, who do you actually have to pay it? Or? So I... Uh, I didn't have to pay it because my company said, uh, we'll take the hit for you. I would have had to pay it if they would have wanted me to pay it. They can, they can force you to pay it. Well, I mean, I'm, I did it. So it, it was a whole thing, too. Well, my company took, took all of it. And, okay. and I think in the end they split it up over a few years. But, no, they came at me. Um, but it was, it was so – it was an accident. Uh, but I was already fined a million bucks. And I, we, once that happened, I think there are only three of us that have ever been fined that much, Stern being another one. He's been fined yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Um, so I got fined, and, and we were playing this in the studio. And I'm What'd like, you get fined? Do you remember one of the ones you got fined for? Oh, I got fined one time for $1 million. What was that? For playing uh, – e- so here's the, the story is I was on the air in Dallas uh, doing my show from Dallas, and the World Series was happening. And in the D.C. market, which my show is on, they cut in right at a home run and played the EAS testing signal. So it's like 3-2 pitch. Uh, and then here, down the middle, and you didn't see the home run that actually changed the game, the course uh-huh. of the game. And so it was like a 30-second deal where I was just kind of reenacting huge life moments. And I was like, okay, here comes the head, and the EAS, like you're having a baby, like big t- things in life. And instead of actually that moment happening, I would play the EAS tone. Um, because it was a big part of the World Series. I actually won the whole, whole, the whole thing. I didn't, think, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, that The tone that we had taken from the – internet was the old presidential eas tone somehow they put it on the internet and so when i played it it triggered off eas alerts in all these other cities oh like the you know the old like world war of the world it, no, like that's Orson exactly Wells. what it yeah. was and so it was like atlanta shut down detroit shut down and not only that atu verse shut down the entire tv system and so what happens is when that thing goes off it turns to like channel five and it's like you're now on Channel 5 waiting for the whatever the uh, – either this is a test of the emergency broadcast system or everyone has serious, I remember being on a lot of TV shows where there's certain things you can't you – know, you can't have a like a um, like an ambulance alarm too loud that yeah. makes it people think there's actually an ambulance or anything – any of that kind of stuff. So, but we – that tone hadn't been updated supposedly in a lot of these systems. So what happens was they triggered – because one triggers another, so they all go off. And so you shut down multiple cities. I shut cities. down multiple cities. I shut down an entire television service. Accidentally, like there was nothing malicious. I didn't even know I did it. Well, if you knew, I mean, I'm, my guess is you probably got enough um, publicity from it that it was probably not worth it, but you, you know. You, uh, I didn't really give I, I couldn't talk about it. Oh, yeah? it was so legal. You know, when you're in the middle of a court case. And so you, did, it, did, it, was, did, it, did it make news, though? It, uh, it made news that I was – the traditional country radio community and country community in town, my first three or four years was a nightmare because they hated me because I stood for – not I didn't even stand for things. I just was me. And so anytime I would get in trouble, they would just really hyper-focus on it. 
So, and who'd you take over for again? Nobody. Now, what happened was Jerry House was on in Nashville. He retired. They put on another show. The other show failed, moved them off, and they really weren't going to do a nationally syndicated show. But Jerry show. House was the guy who was on forever, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the guy who, when I mentioned I was doing this the show, my uncle was like, oh, is that the same station? You know, is that Jerry yeah. House? I'm like, no, I'm not going to Jerry House. Years before me, Jerry yeah. House was on. So but anyway, I got fined a million bucks by the FCC because of what had happened with all those EAS alerts, but you can't, you can't do that. Was, that. was that Mike? Did you grab that sound? I did not. No. Okay. Let's, let's play it now and see what happens. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, that happened. Um, it, my, my point was we couldn't play through the studio because if it was to go over the air through a microphone they happened to be on, that's another fine. Exactly, yeah. I mean, once you get that first one, I guess. But... Did you ever think about doing an edited record so that could happen, or was that against what Wheeler stood for? No, it was against what he, what he and I stood for, which is – my thing was always like, you want to play my songs, go edit them yourselves, because I just don't want to. It's kind of, like I said, it's kind of how I felt at the time. I think I just, um, I just had a show canceled. I was kind of, I was a Kentucky boy, wasn't happy about being in Los Angeles, period, and also being unemployed, and you know, it's like let's just be rowdy and and make everyone angry. You know, that's kind of how I felt. I really, I mean, I really didn't care. Um, it's weird now doing Wheeler. That's why I made this rec- the new records. Is a, he's married and has his son, a kid because I wanted to make a to see what a happy Wheeler would sound like, and he's still just as angry as he always was. But so it's uh, what WW three, yeah, as in Wheeler Walker three, also World War three. Yeah, it's named after after my son, fictional Wheeler Walker the third. But you know, like I I thought WW three would be a good title just because. First of all, World War III could be happening as we as we speak right now, but also putting out my albums is always is always tough, you know. Any guilt for going after some of these people? They're probably good people. Does Ben feel guilt? Um, I'm trying to think who I have felt guilt for. I and mean, has any of them come back and said, "Please stop"? Like, oh yeah, brakes. yeah. I've had some bi- the big artists, you know, come reach out through management agents, whatever. Can you leave me alone? And I'm like, no. Well, it just. I was just always a very shy person, as you know. Like, I would go down, you know, um, and it just felt, it was liberating to just tell people to F off to their face. It was just really cool, and then I, um, I would probably feel, you know, I would get, you know, so-and-so is, you know, really, really angry about what you said about it. I'm just like, well, tell them to, like, the character would get into Ben, and I, and I actually, you know, I would go to meetings in Hollywood and you know, trying to you know work on TV shows. I'd literally have agents, managers, you know, throw a little wheeler into this meeting, you know, let them know, you, you know, because I would go in so timid before, and it's kind of helped, you know, turn up to like I would literally heard the phrase, you know, maybe do a half wheeler at this Netflix meeting and see what you can get out of it, because when I'm I'm just too, LA is a tough place for like a shy, you know, timid small town kid, you know, so it's helped me in that respect too, I think. So with the new record, what's the? You know, I have a single. Maybe yeah, it's not. It's just the order. You know what? I, I sell. It's not singles. It's just the order. Things. The songs. We decided to put the songs out. But what's the song? If there, if comedy radio, if if satellite was like, we got to play a song. Well, the one people I think Outlaw Country's been playing. Okay, so they. Um, yeah. Yeah, they've been playing because that that album, the first album especially, was really good for Outlaw Outlaw Country Station on Sirius. Was a song they loved. Um, they loved Save Some Titty Milk for Me, which is a song to my, obviously, wife and son. And, Save uh, Some Titty Milk for Me. Which yeah. is actually, I was uh, talking to a buddy of mine who, um, like I said, all this stuff comes from real stuff. He's like, have you ever tasted breast milk? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, of course not. He's like, you know. Oh, here we go. See, it sounds like country, man. I just like listening to it. <laughs> so, when you go into a write, okay, and you wrote with some really great writers. Yeah, I do. I I do most of the, the majority still on my own. You do. The first album was eleven. So right, so I didn't know what co-writing was. You know, I'd never been in a writer's room. Uh, uh, certainly, I mean, I was used to, you know, comedy writers' rooms are eleven people. I didn't even know they had co-writers. I mean, I knew Lennon McCartney and that kind of stuff. I didn't know that like 
like especially countries you know co-rights have like um you know is a big thing in in uh you know you know in nashville i didn't know you were allowed to do that so i just wrote every song for myself i thought that's what you had to do by the second album is when i started getting calls from some of the big writers you know like i want to write a song with you i'm like it can only make it better why not try it you know do you like that process of writing with songwriters I do, but I also like doing it by my. I mean, I I've had some great experiences, and I've had some. You know, um, I met a lot of cool people. You know, I think like I'm, a lot of the guys won't put their names on the albums, and I'll tell you off the air. I just won't say it on the air. But there's a one song on my new album. One of my favorite songs is one of the co-writers is a guy. You know, a huge guy who we play all the time, and he just you know, and I'm, I don't want to get him in trouble, but you know, those guys. And now I get call, and I've gotten calls, you know. To like you know, for guys on their albums, you know, we want that Wheeler sound. You know, can you come in and write with me? And that's really that's the tough ones for me, which is like you know, I'm just like you know, you just said you know, you know, grit. There's like I can I got good words to rhyme with that. He's like, no, no, we can't use this. You know, you know, this is for the radio. And I'm like you know, so I got to kind of hold myself back. And it's just I have respect for those guys who can sit in that room and be that kind of vulnerable and kind of real with other people. It just seems weird to me, you know? The record's out, uh, and there's nothing that's completely clean that you could play on, that I could play. No, and I thought about it, you know... Um, Not completely clean, because a, a lot of songs have cursing in them or references, but, you know, Wheeler's over the, pretty over the top on yeah, purpose. Yeah, it's over the top, and, like, I also, too, there's... I don't want... I didn't want to be on any... Like, I don't like the things that it would get me, for example radio play and doing a radio tour. I have a lot of, you know, I've made a lot of good friends in country music. I'll tell you that. That's been the highlight for me. Um, and spending a lot of time in Nashville, which is basically, you know, home for me has been one of my favorite things. But the other, like, I don't want to go on the late night shows. I actually, I mean, I, I've had, after the f- second album, I had two big talk shows say, give us a clean song and you come on our show. And I'm just, and, and then the the part of me that's just like, I, I won't listen to it. And it's just, that's part of actually who I am. I don't know where I get that. I think you have a little bit of that too, which is just like, whatever you tell me to do, I'm not going to, you know. If that's I'm, what I'm supposed to do, I don't want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, so a clean song will get me on, you know, NBC at whatever time. I don't want it. Even though deep inside I probably did, but it just my re- re- immediate reaction is I don't want that. So, you know, those opportunities are there. And I, I don't want to fly out to LA or to New York and do three minutes on a late night show. I also don't think it really helps. But I don't think now it helps near as even as much as it did three years ago. I don't think it helps at all. I mean, those those because again, I've worked in late night and those those ratings we got. It's just you know we're so. so I mean, I, I I mainly do you know podcasts out. I'll, my 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 press tour is I go out to L.A. for five days and do a bunch of podcasts. And those things, I mean, you know the numbers on these big podcasts. Those are. You know, millions and millions of people. I mean, this one here does seven digits. Seven, yeah. So, and people underestimate how valuable a podcast is. Well, that was a big thing, too, because I knew Joe Rogan from going on his show. I knew him a little bit around town. But I knew him from, him from, um, um, I'd gone on his show to promote Ben show. And then I was like, why don't I come in and promote my, this record I put out? And then right before we went on air, I was like, why don't I just do it as Wheeler? It'd be more fun. Even though he knew Ben, and then I get a like, my album went back up the charts, and I still remember um, somebody tell me that Margot Price had done SNL that week, and I sold more records from Rogan, like Joe Rogan is literally has bigger numbers on his podcast, which is a fantastic on his podcast podca- on his podcast than Saturday Night Live. Like a big night of SNL is low numbers for Joe Rogan, which is crazy to think that you could you know. The way people consume media is just so much different. And again, too, I don't know if my album will be in the running to be near the top of the charts this time, but the number, certainly slow weeks in country music, you could have a number one record with, I don't know how many albums sold. Certainly ten to 15,000 wouldn't be crazy. No, and you know, it's funny, the slow week, which is what where we targeted, we had the number one comedy record, and then we had the number four country record. With the record we just goofed off, we, we, no, I shouldn't say goofed off, but it, you know, it's not what these guys do. Like their life is making a record. Yeah. Um, and so right, let me do a life. Let me talk about life for one second. The Better Business Bureau is urging us to watch out for scammers looking to steal holiday cheer. Top scams include things like bogus emails with links that 
are to look like websites. So you, it's a site that you know, but they have one letter off or uh, punctuation. So don't do that because you go and all of a sudden they get your private information. There's a lot of these out there. So let me just encourage you, first of all, to be vigilant. And, and because we're doing more things that we do to expose ourselves during the holidays, like shopping online and booking travel, cyber criminals are all out there looking, looking for us being dumb because I'm dumb too. Good thing LifeLock Identity Theft Protection has the power of Norton Security to protect your devices against cyber threats. If you have a problem, they have agents who will work to fix it. I love LifeLock. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock with Norton Security is the right choice to help look out for threats that you might miss on your own. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BONES for an additional 15% off your first year. Promo code BONES for an extra 15% off at LifeLock.com. Okay, so... We have the third record out. Is does Weedle live past this? I gotta see. I have some some talks now of a possible a um a couple possible concert specials, but I'm not sure. I I'm, I have mixed feelings on it. We'll see where that goes. But yeah, I don't I don't know because we'll talk about it in a second. I've got some other stuff brewing, so we gotta see. Um, I don't think it's the. I just don't. I love playing music too much. I don't know how it could be the end. And I also don't want to do a Ben album, you know. So. So what about your face? Do you shave it, or do you have to leave the full beard forever? Is it part of? No, I think I shave. I think I'm gonna shave now. I got a. Um, we'll talk. You talk about LifeLock first, and then we can talk. I already about did. I just that was it. it. That's it. That's your. That's your promo. Just saying the word LifeLock. I just did. I did the whole commercial. You weren't even listening. Oh, they did it off the. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. missed it. But anyway, we, by, we, we we record the commercials before you walk in, so oh, I don't cool. have to stop. And you what is Life? Me. I'll give them another plug. I'm just curious. What's LifeLock? So, for example, people have tried to open up bank accounts in my name. Or open up credit cards, and so it monitors, makes sure nobody's trying to steal your identity. It's actually quite fantastic. I used it a long time before they, I, I, I signed a partnership with them. Okay, so, well, yeah, yeah no, I'll, I'm, I'll look into that. Yeah, I don't want people, I don't, <laughs> I don't want people using my name to. You don't, because uh, once it gets out there, people can try to jack all kinds of stuff, including your your name. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't want that. Um, especially now, thanks to you, people are going to know my real name. Um, people, you know, what's funny to me is when people would. Not to completely change the subject here, but you would say something as Wheeler, people would get pissed off, and they would be like, "Hey, listen, we know you're really Ben." And it's like, of course, it takes one Google. That's what that's I would say of everything that makes me angry about this whole thing. That's what makes me the most angry. Is like, man, you tricked me, and that's what, which had nothing to do. Like, they would go, "Listen, you're just some dude from New York who's trying to trick us." It's like, no, I'm from you know, I grew up in Kentucky. My family's all from. Nashville. It's like I grew up with this music. I love this music. It, trying to trick people was the was the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. It's just I wanted to. Honestly, I just wanted to make music, and I wanted to do it. I, I think the Ben show was so it, because of the. Let me know if I'm going too off topic, but the Ben show because of legal reasons had to be called the Ben show with Ben Hoffman to separate. You know, like they do the Daily Show with John Stewart mm-hmm. or now Trevor Noah. So they. You know, the Daily Show name was, I think, taken. So they're like, well, we'll take – someone had copyrighted. So the Daily Show with Jon Stewart's not taken, so they do that. So my show was The Ben Show with Ben Hoffman. All the billboards, posters, everything was my face, going on Kimmel, going on Conan, all that stuff. I'd just gotten really sick of of me and being Ben. I was like, why don't I just be someone else for a couple of years, see how it goes. And um, like I said, it took off in a way I didn't expect, but um, that was kind of – that was my reasoning for it. it. Had nothing to do with like, oh man, I'm gonna trick all these country fans. I, I mean, it's still good. I mean, I, people still I, when people are at the shows, they're not sitting down laughing. They're they're up there and they're you know they're loving the music. So when people really believe Wheeler's real and they message you like, oh, like this is real deal. Like you are the real deal, and they really mean it sincerely. How do you feel about that? Well, so I mean, like for example. While I was backstage, I was I did a, I opened a tour for Kid Rock, and I was backstage, and Guy Fieri wanted to make me real bad, and I introduced myself as Ben. He's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I said, like, "I'm not really real. his real name is Guy Fieri, or he's got a, he pronounced it Fieri or something like that." And I'm like, uh, "And he said to me, that's like telling me Santa ain't real." And I'm like, "And it made me think. I was like, what? Well, sorry, Guy Fieri, but I'm like, but I'm thinking in my head like, what's the difference? I mean, does the, do the songs change? The music change? You know?" Another thing too is you know these country stars half of them aren't using their real name. This outlaw like a cowboy hat is not a practical thing to wear on it's on a stage. These out you know cowboy boots 
have no use while you're playing guitar. Like it's all an act. It's all showbiz. It's all an act. So in that respect, I feel like I'm not really doing anything different. Certainly, the content is different than what most people do, but it's something that makes me giggle or something that I get enjoyment from. But it has nothing to do with um, none of zero percent of what I was trying to do was like some kind of jackass style prank or something. So that really, and then, like you said, we know your name's real, really Ben Hoffman. I'm like, oh, really, Sherlock Holmes? You got Google? You know, it's like because <laughs> Wikipedia doesn't even have a because I've tried it multiple times to change give Wheeler his own Wikipedia page, and they refused to do it. The Wikipedia page is Ben Hoffman, so it's not that... I mean, nothing could be easier to, to, to do. So. Talk about the Netflix show. That... So anyway, yeah, so that's kind of why I think you were asking about what happened now, because I just... I, I have a... I got to spend next year in Los Angeles. I sold an animated TV show, which had been a passion of mine for a while, to um, that I created about a bas- high school basketball coach in Kentucky. And it's gonna. I have to spend all of 2019. It sounds like to me doing that show. So, um, it's a great. I'll tell you what. It's a great problem to have is to have to to be have to take time off this to do it to to run your own television show. It's it's gonna be a blast. And I mean, no one's gonna remember because I don't think because animation takes so long. It probably won't come out till 2020. But that's my next year. So it's gonna be a break for me. You know. Um, so I'm looking at both your, both your books, by the well, way. Well, you have people still, even you, run and keep Wheeler alive a little bit, at least socially. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out is how much, because I kind of like the idea. I put out three albums pretty fast because I write pretty fast. I do the records pretty fast. But I would like for people to forget. Not, I mean, I feel like, I mean, the old days, you know, Elton would put out, Elton John would put out an album every year. And nowadays, like, YouTube spends six years between records. And my thing was, if I'm doing this, I'm going all in a record a year, record a year. And I did three records in three years, and it took everything I had to, to make these records. And I'm really proud of them, but it's just, I think people need, I think what he kind of represents for people, I think people just need a break from right now, is my personal opinion. Yeah, that's true, too. I can see now I there's, 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 there's so much of that, just aggression to where I can see where people go, Ooh, it's adding to it. Yeah, I feel like I'm on the on the wrong side of it. There's certainly issues, and I'm not an aggressive person, and there's there's an aggression to it that just kind of naturally comes out. But I don't make the albums in an aggressive way, you know, like um, like you were like you were saying that one time before, better off beaten off. That to me is just silly, silly. Like, why go out tonight? I'm not getting a girl anyway. Why not just stay home and beat off? Whereas people, while well, other people see the songs like. Yeah, man, screw girls, just beating off's better, man. It's like it's like a, some kind of male empowerment song, which, you know, but that happens with all comedy you do, or all, any song anyway, you know. Um, you know, Oki from Muskogee, you know, it's not, that's, he was not like, you know, that was not literal, as he explained, had to explain years later. But you don't complain about the time when you got a hit with it, you know. Yeah, when it's paying the bills. Did you make money? Have you made money off Wheeler? Yeah. Yeah. Like enough to survive and like yeah, I mean, I had I took a three year hiatus from Hollywood and been fine. Yeah. Um, mainly because I would say the biggest reason is because I put out I have a distributor, but I, I put out my albums myself, and you know, I I make all but a couple bucks on every album sold. Which now everyone's going to think because I said I sold a few hundred thousand records that I have that much money. I don't have that much money. I still got to pay for the records, as you know. Going on tours, expen- like Very all this expensive, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like you have a band. Yeah, you got to pay them every you show. Pay them, and, the, DM, and appara- apparently they got to eat and yeah, sleep at a hotel. It's just like it's just too much. <laughs> you know, that's what I was psyched about the show. It's just like they're telling me, like you know, my people are negotiating the deal. It's like, wait a second, so this is just my money? Like, how do I pay the band? It's like there's no band, there's no nothing anymore. It's like because usually I'll see a number, and then the, then the band, the hotel manager, agent, lawyer, everything. You know, it's like. I don't even know what numbers mean anymore. Just like take a tenth of it, you know. I did a whole podcast. Let me do a whole podcast once where I broke down how much money. Like if I'm paid a dollar, I think I make thirty-eight cents. That sounds. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, and um, it. Yeah, and that's mostly. So when you see these these numbers that are inflated, and I'll use a very inflated. I use a dollar because it's just simple to hear. But like Luke Bryan, sixty-five million dollars. Now listen, he's not going broke, but he's not really making sixty-five million bucks. Probably making. Twenty. Now listen, he's still got Luke Bryan money, but you know all those numbers. 
It's like these guys, uh, the Backstreet Boys, or somebody who doesn't pay their taxes, right? What happens is, I talk about this on my show sometimes. They go, how do people not pay their taxes? Well, when you get paid as like an independent contractor. Well, I was going to say something else about the Backstreet Boys. Imagine that Luke Bryan money you're talking about divided by five, too. Well, and even that, like, I have a job, and I've had jobs that have taken my taxes out. But now I have jobs that don't, and not only do I have to pay the taxes myself, I have to pay my manager, my agent. But what happens is with some of these folks, whenever they get in tax trouble, is that you just get a paycheck, and you have to figure it all out yourself, meaning who you pay, paying taxes. Well, that was my thing, too. I was like, I don't – if someone told me I need a business manager, I was like, I don't need a business manager. Just pay the guys. I was the same way. So then they go, well, you know, when you play Indiana, you got to pay the band and, and pay Indiana taxes. taxes. I'm, I'm like, what? I was like, I wouldn't even know how to do that. That's where they get not that I'm not saying, you know, it's not a liable job, but it's just it's just like of course it's you need a business. How would you ever know how to do that? You know, you're just gonna get, you know so the amount of work it take I mean, it takes I mean I that would happen to me all the time with my writing checks. I'm just like, Oh, awesome, you know, I'm seeing these big numbers. First of all, California taxis take out a third already. And then ten percent manager, ten percent well, you're already t- I mean, I've never gotten more than half a paycheck in my life. Um because it's been creative, you've done creative. Yeah, well, I mean, when I was a farmhand, I got the whole check to myself, but I, but that six bucks an hour didn't really mean anything. But um, as I've been an adult and done creative stuff, they always, I mean, they'll get you with, you know, guess what they're paying you per week on this TV show to write? I'm like, oh, no way! And they forget to tell you the part where, and I forget to s- subtract, <laughs> you know, two thirds of it. What? Uh, how funny is Norm Macdonald? Because you wrote for Norm Macdonald. Um, I think he's the, to me, he's the funniest person i've ever met and the funniest guy i've ever written for and also to this day the like the most and i think all comedians feel this but the most anyone who's written for him certainly is the most joy i get writing a joke that he says most a lot of shows i'll write for people um and i still do writing like i wrote on wrote on the who's the last roast james franco no bruce willis roast was just Mm. recently I'm like, I can't do it. I'm in Nashville. And they're just like, we'll just do it. from." I, so I wrote on – that was where life got, just gets a little too hectic and I can't do it all. You know, People don't know between tours or on a day off, Wheeler's writing you know, for Demi Moore on the Bruce Willis Rose. But um, but um, going back to Norm, but he's he's just kind of – he's the like the ultimate comedian's comedian. Everyone wants Norm's approval. Everyone, you know, there was so much competitiveness on that show. Everyone wanted you. All, everyone wanted Norm to read their joke, you know. And a lot of the time, the monologue, you know, you think about it. If there's sometimes there's only ten to fifteen jokes, a long monologue, you know. So that's you know the pitch percentages of how many like getting two jokes in a week is a huge accomplishment. That's huge. Um, but you're just sitting around. He's also the smartest guy I've ever met too. Did you why you watch the Netflix, Netflix yeah. show? I thought it was great. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's coming back. I haven't talked to him in a little while, but um, I'm a huge Norm fan. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, he is everything you'd want. I mean, that's what I. That's what I love. My favorite performers, for famous, famous like entertainers, is you meet them. That's the guy. I mean, like you meet Norm. He's funnier. He's just. It's just you're. You're the guy off the screen comes out and you're just hanging out with him. Um, Maybe a bad segue, but the same thing. Guy Fieri, I'm talking to him. He grabs the food with his fingers, like eats it like straight, like he does. Like he's not doing a character. That's Guy Fieri, and the, I like those genuine guys the most, which is the opposite of what I do. So it's kind of weird. But have you met? Because I, I, I know you're on the wrap up show on Stern. Have you met Stern? I've not met Stern. No, um, I met everyone kind of around him, but he's another one. You know, on my top people, I'd love to meet. Yeah, I'm a massive Stern fan. I yeah. just wouldn't be able to do what I do. Without him doing what he did and does. Yeah, I think that's the part of you I didn't know was that I now understand, you know, what you love about Stern. And at the time, I was just like, you know, I think radio DJs have a bad rap, some for good reason. It's just like, it's just thought of as like, you know. Yeah, it's hokey. You know, it's, yeah, and exactly. Cheap, you yeah. Know. yeah. And um, anyone who just kind of messes with the system at all, you know, I'm, I'm into, you know, like those billboards you did, that was, well, that was a while ago. Like four four years ago? Yeah. I put up billboards, if you're not knowing this. I bought billboards secretly, didn't tell anyone, didn't even tell my company. And they said, go away, Bobby Bones, and it was a whole thing. I hid it until I wrote my book. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I, thought, I mean, like, that's the kind of stuff I like. You know, I actually was going to buy, we were in talks to buy a billboard across from the CMAs you know, on Bridgestone for my new record. And I'd hired all these people to figure out how, you know those like 
things you squint at, and then you see an image. Yeah. I was one, <laughs> a squint one where it would be an ad for my album, and then you squint. It would be like phallic. You know, like there would be a giant penis across the street from Bridgestone, <laughs> Bridgestone that no one would be able to see until they squinted. And then when they found out, I, what I wanted was the CMA's footage to be a bunch of construction guys taking the, the billboard down. But we couldn't get a guy to do it right. Yeah, I don't know there's a, a huge market for squinty billboards. Magic guy. Or, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but my thing was I wanted it to be up for a while, and then I would spread the news, and everyone in Nashville would know. It was like, mm. look at that billboard, and then squint. There it is. You know, But I couldn't get it right. Uh, so you did Norm. You did the – yeah, I was going to ask about Stern. You haven't, you haven't met Stern, but you did the wrap-up show. I'm a big fan. Um, you do the roast. The roast are interesting to me. We've talked about this and socially, you and I, where when you write the roast for some of those people, like you just write a bunch of jokes and you just put them in like a, a binder. Yeah, we just, you just write. It's like, I mean, I remember writing um, the Roseanne roast. And um, I would spend, I spent a little time with her. Super nice woman. Um, couldn't have been nicer. Um, and you just write. It is real. I mean, I will say that. I mean, I remember, I was just telling someone this about this the other day, which is, we did. We shot that one in the Hollywood Palladium, and I was in the back of the room watching rehearsal. And um, it is real, whereas Roseanne can't hear the other jokes, the performers can't hear their jokes, so they clear out the room to make sure Roseanne's not there. And um, I was in the back of the room during rehearsals. I think Schumer was on stage rehearsing, and I look in the back and I see a f- cell phone in the air, and I go back and I see, and I had met Roseanne's husband through the process of doing the roast, and he was holding up his cell phone. She was at home in the hotel listening to the roast, and I had to kick the guy, tell the EP and have him kicked out. Um, but yeah, it is it is real, and it's also, I, I call it the most cowardly job in Hollywood, because all you're doing is saying the meanest things you can say about somebody, and then here, you say it, you know. So you're <laughs> writing the meanest things and giving it to someone else to say. I mean, it's funny, too, how fast those people become, because I, I remember having the conversation with Roseanne, like, and she wouldn't say these jokes about Amy Schumer. She's like, what am I going to do making fun of this no-name comedian? She's like, Everyone's. I'm gonna just look like a bad person making fun of this. We know this woman's not gonna become famous, so why would I make fun of? It's like I go. I think you know. I think she's she's doing pretty well right now. She's gonna be fine. She's getting good money for the roast. Just go for it, you know. And I remember them becoming friendly after that. But it's just a weird. The ones I tend to like. I don't. I love those old like Dean Martin roast. Like I liked the Roseanne one because the Roseanne one was more than any of them that I'd worked on was the most. Her actual friends and Tom, even Tom Arnold came out. I don't know if you saw it, but um, it felt like a bunch of friends razzing her. Whereas a lot of nowadays are just whatever celebrity will show up. You know, like your buddy Nikki Glazer yeah. wasn't was on the Bruce Willis roast. I guarantee you that was not like Bruce Willis was not like you know nothing against Nikki, but I don't think he was like you got to get my old pal Nikki on the show. Just like, she's a funny comedian, can good at telling jokes, and you know they have. So it's usually. It's just usually just a bunch of, you know, ringers, just a bunch of stand-ups making fun of a random celebrity, which I don't like. But if it's their friends and stuff, it means a little. And I still remember my favorite story out of nowhere. I just I remember t- calling up. These are the cool parts of it. I remember calling up. Uh, I was going to write something for Carrie Fisher. And she was never quite with it, if you don't remember. She was always had her issues and a bit of a drug problem, to put it mildly. And I called her up, talking to her about, um, you know, getting some background so I could write her, to help write her roast and, and at the end, she kept said a few times, she's like, I know I know Roseanne from somewhere, but I can't put my finger on it. What is it? And she kept asking me, I know I've, I know I've met her. I know I've done something with her. Then I hung up the phone, I am beat her. She wrote two episodes of Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's freaking funny. Yeah, and then I'm, um, uh, uh, then I remember, sometimes you have to write jokes in the hall. I remember I had to write, write a joke for, um, not Seth Rogen, who's the other Seth who has that robot chicken? Seth Green. Seth Green. Yeah, I had to write a joke for him at the last second. And um, no, it was a joke for Carrie Fisher that I wrote. They're like, we needed. She doesn't have a joke about Seth Green, and it works just because she's out of it. And I, I go, she goes, I um, the joke I gave her was um, you know, I didn't know this. I, I learned two things talking to Seth Green. Apparently, he's a big Star Wars fan, and also apparently I was in the fil- in, in a film called Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just I like the fun, the pressure of just having to come up with something really. Fun. I'm not saying that's a brilliant joke, but just in the right per second that I took to write it, it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I always love you know just the, there's a lot of similarities I think between comedy and joke writing and and songwriting. There's a lot you know. I mean, the, what's the, I mean? You, there's exceptions. There's a stairway and all that. There's long, but the most part is like you got to say everything you need to say. And 
what three minutes? Yeah, three and a half sometimes. Um, and jo- I mean, a joke. It's it's fun to figure out. You know, then there's a rhythm to a joke too. It's like you've got one line. You know, and you got to say something. I mean, even sitcoms are they're not, with commercials and stuff. Um, I actually with my brother, I scored a sitcom. Um, as my music career took off, I scored a sitcom in L- uh, on uh, CBS last year called. Called the Great Indoors it was a Joel McHale sitcom, and this guy knew my music. He's like, "Why don't you do the?" I can't. He goes, "CBS is giving me all these writers, but you know, I can't have you write on it. But you can do the music for it if you want." I'm like, "I can't really. I bet I can't on my own. I couldn't do it." So my brother's a producer. I'll just have him do it with me. And um, we sent him the theme song. They go, "We need it really short." The theme song for the show was, we sent them a 10 second theme song as like a sample of what they like, and they actually loved the 10 seconds we sent. They go. Their, their only note is we need two seconds taken off. Oh, they needed. They needed the theme for song. For the to actual be, theme song. The theme song was because you and I remember probably you know Cheers the song, yeah, but sure. nowadays with commercials and all that stuff, they got to get chop the whole show down. So it's like it was an eight second theme song that I wrote. All right, the record's out. WW three uh, Wheeler Walker. Your most recent Wheeler Walker is my father's name. I'm Sorry. Wheeler Walker Jr. My bad. And then Wheeler Walker, the third. Now is he gonna have a music career? Are you gonna hire a kid? Have you thought about that yet? Well, there is a kid in my video. I don't want to... But to do music. To do vulgar music. Well, I'm, um, I don't think I want to take it that far. I got a lot of... St- I went real hard after Yodel Kid. You want Yodel to put kid. a penis on a billboard. But I went real hard. <laughs> but I, yeah, I went real hard after Yodel Kid and got a lot of blowback on that. And then I offered Yodel Kid a bucket load of money to do ads for my new record. And they said no because, you know... That's not the direction his, his career is going. Even though he's playing like fraternity, but it's getting really weird, I think, the whole Yodel Kid thing. Um, he's not going to be Yodel Kid anymore. He's just eventually be Yodel Man. Uh, Yodel Man's going to be – that's going to be where the, it's going to get interesting. That's going to be tough. Yeah, that's going to be – well, that's going to be um, Danny Bonaducci territory, I think. I saw you recently um, – you and Kane Brown were – or you, you were going to Kane Brown a little bit. Yeah, that's another one where like we went after each other a little bit, then I ran into him at something. We started talking, and I – He's a nice kid, and I just we just talked. I was like, you know, I'm not gonna lie and say I listened to his music or no could even name you a song, but like, the 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 conversation was cordial on Twitter. It was just like I actually I've talked to him before. It's like I know I'm like, he's a nice guy. I got nothing against the dude. Um, and I think it, it it angers people to know that I that you know I don't hate some of these people. I don't know why, but they want to know. That's what I was saying about the um. The aggression of it is starting to bother. They they want me to hate these people that that bad, and it's really it's it's bugging it's bugging me. And I just want to make great songs and make great music, and give people a few laughs. And you know, a Wheeler holiday album next year. Well, that I would say nothing I've gotten more requests for is than a Wheeler Christmas album. But it's another touchy subject. I mean, do I want to have the biggest selling Dirty Christmas album of all time? If that's even a possibility, do I even want that? I don't know. I got to think about it. There's only so many nasty things you can say about. Christmas. That being said, I could I'd be fine without ever hearing um Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer ever in my life again. So there's gotta be better songs than that. Boy, the money that song has made though. God. Good God. And that's what also upsets me too, is I mean, I go back and forth and I'm like, man, what how much money would I have made if it has been record selling days? But then I go, Well, I would I wouldn't have had wouldn't been able to sit here and do podcasts, advertise YouTube and s- streaming all this stuff. It's just what I do wouldn't be possible back then, so Give and take. This will be up. Uh, th- we're doing this on de- December third. It'll be up tonight. So I'll, I'm going to rattle off a few dates to go see Wheeler. December sixth, Cannery Ballroom in Nashville. December seventh, Joe's Sports Bar in Chicago, and December eighth, The Rave Two in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, listen, I hope your record sells wonderfully to those who want to buy it. At least people can check it out. I just got a number. Um, I'm not going to read it, but I got someone sent me a number of what it sold in the first two days on my text. Actually, I'll tell you off the air. It's 150 million. That's slow. a lot for That's two low days. For yeah. what, I, what I expected. Yeah, so we're gonna do, we'll probably do a billion sales the first week. And if if you're making all but two dollars, yeah. Good. So yeah, I'll probably make. That's what I'm saying. It's hard to live because I'm only going to make eight hundred million this pretty week. Pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. You'll be all right. Uh, all right, Ben. Good to see you, bud. You too, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, Wheeler Walker Jr. or Ben Hoffman. <laughs> Spent time with them both. Both interesting characters. Which, which one? Did, which one you like better? I mean, I like... You're a, you're a Ben guy. I like Ben. <laughs> <laughs>
I appreciate Wheeler as much as you could appreciate. Like, yeah, I, but I like I, I like people to like me and not appreciate me. I love the comedy of Wheeler and what it represents to people because I I just enjoy comedy and I. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd rather hang out with Ben. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that too. Yeah. All right, there he is. Uh, episode 146. Uh, thanks to Sleep Number and Lifelock. Uh, check it out, Wheeler Walker Jr. and WW3. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.